0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Yes, good morning, and welcome to the Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin, aided and abetted by yours truly, Dean
2: Holland. Good morning, Charlie. How you doing? And good morning, Dean Hall. And I'm wonderful. Excellent. It's a beautiful... Well, it's not very Christmassy at my house. Blue sky, green lawns, you know, birds flitting and fluttering about. Um, yeah, hard to get into the Christmas spirit, but it's a beautiful day.
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, on my, I am in the uh, the Zoomer studio this morning, and <laughs> on my drive down from Collingwood, I saw a beautiful, beautiful sunrise just coming up. And then, oh, yeah. then I sort of hit a foggy patch, and it all kind of disappeared. But uh, yeah, not... Uh, I didn't have to worry about <laughs> snow tires or putting the windshield <laughs> wiper on or anything. It's pretty darn clear yeah. out there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no scraping of the ice off the windshield no. today.
1: No. So, how's your week been? What's so? What is going on? Actually, I'm going to ask you what's going on in your garden, but let me give the numbers out yeah, first, okay? Sure. Uh, so, if you live in Toronto, we would love to hear from you. Uh, indoor question, outdoor question, four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Or you can, uh, if you live outside Toronto, here's the toll free number, and that's one eight six six. 744-740. That's for anybody in Ontario, outside Toronto. Uh, do let Ashy know if you're a first-time caller, because then Ashy will let me know, and I will give you your garden wings. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we want you to call often. We want you to call early. And please, please, one question per call. So what's going on in your garden there?
2: Uh, not a lot. No. Uh, things are pretty quiet in the garden. I mean, all the little creatures are hunkering down. I'm starting to see voles, vole holes <laughs> in my in my gardens. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they go all summer. They are busy little creatures all winter, but I, I, they must sleep all summer. They must do reverse hibernation. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I haven't done yet. Which I will get to at some point is uh, putting some soil over my roses. I do that after you know at some point when it's cold enough. I want them to be completely dormant, and this mild weather is really throwing me off, and mm-hmm. hopefully not throwing the plants off too badly. But uh, yeah, I, I put a pile of soil. Oh, like over the crowns of the plants. So it, it works out to about a half a bag of those bags of you know black earth or topsoil whatever.
1: Right. Yes, the milder weather is certainly uh, part of the conversation. I I expect it will be continue to be part of the conversation on the show today. Um, but mm-hmm. in the meantime, let's. Uh, I just have to run a break. But we will be right back with much more on the Garden Show.
3: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and. Blue- for scythia and fox clubs marigolds magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias delphiniums stalks fox hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams
0: you've picked the right place for everything floral this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio yes indeed we are back here on the garden show one of the last few garden
2: shows of 2023 hey eh, there charlie you're right. I mean, yeah, doing the big countdown. We've, this, there's only two more after this.
1: There is. That's true. We have, uh, I guess our last one is on the 30th, I believe, if my math uh, is no, correct. The yeah.
2: day before New Year's uh-huh. Eve.
1: Yeah, It's crazy. Now, um, okay, uh, you know what? I'm going to save it. I have an amaryllis <laughs> update. I know you. I've been proudly <laughs> sending you photos, but I do have
2: I a... know. You are such a show-off. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't know what to say. I just so everybody listening knows, you know, if someday you don't hear my voice on the Garden Show, it's because Dean has taken over the Garden (laughs) Show. He is Mr. Garden. He's got flowers. He sends me photos, daily photos of updates of all his flowering plants. It's very funny. Well, I
1: just want you to know that I do love them. (laughs) And I will never, ever, ever have the knowledge that you do. But, you know, but I also, I love gardening, and I learn so much from you. You are so smart.
2: You do. You do love gardening, which is great. It's such a joy to work with you because you're not just, you know, sitting in there just filling in the the chair. You're actually very engaged, and I appreciate that. I
1: love it. I do. You know who else (laughs) probably loves it is Dorothy in Hamilton. She's on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Dorothy.
4: Oh, good morning, and good morning to you both. Um, Good morning. (laughs) Thank you. And I have a small window garden. Uh, I live in Hamilton, as I've already said, that faces the south. In October, I planted my daffodils, and I took them down the length of the trowel and a little bit more. I looked out the other day, and my daffodils are coming through. They're up. My crocuses are coming up. And I don't know whether to cover them with more soil or leave them to Mother Nature to take care of. Because I think she's a bit mixed up.
2: Well, no, you're absolutely right. But it's actually the daffodils and the bulbs are mixed up. And I don't blame them. It's been very confusing. As soon as we have a cold snap, and then we have warm weather, the bulbs say, oh, oh, that was winter, and now it's spring. Like, like they, they just don't have a calendar. So... What can you do? What I would do, the crocuses, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't flower next spring. You may end up with um, them actually popping some color in the next few days, and then they'll be alive next year. You'll have green leaves, but you might not have flowers. The daffodils though, they're they're slow enough that you wanna slow them down. I mean, there's no question it's mild, but I mean, there's rain in the forecast for the next few days, and then it's gonna cool off which is good we want it zero or below zero to keep things dormant so in the rain i think a, a number of of gardeners will find things are popping up in the in the moisture if you have access to leaves or like you said soil if you have access to soil i would just sort of gently kick up some um Material, whether it is soil or leaves or mm-hmm. bark chips or um, straw bale, like just get something around those daffodils, and of course the crocuses as well, and you're doing that just to slow them down, just to let them know, go back to sleep, go back to sleep and uh, and hopefully that will slow them down, but ultimately they won 't die they're just going to be confused, and of course, this whole winter is forecast to be a mild one, so we are going to have. You know, ladybugs probably waking up this afternoon, flying around, too. So, you know, it's just a wacky sort of a December.
4: Well, thank you very much. But I had the same thing happen last year. And Mm -hmm. they came up, and when they did grow, they were all wrinkled on the top, you know. Mm. And uh, my crocuses came up with flowers first and leaves later. But I I just want to, you know, I just want to keep them. They're so beautiful. The strange thing is I have snowdrops. They haven't even popped through
2: yet. Uh, they will keep an eye. <laughs> I think they might. And you know, the wrinkling is just to do with temperature, right? When it's cold, they slow down. When it's warm, they speed up. So you're you're getting the up like night and day, warm, cold, warm, cold, and you're getting the the little. Uh, it's almost like corrugated leaves as a result. Okay, well, thank you so much oh, for yeah. your help. Good luck with that, Dorothy. But yeah, it's thank just you. going to be a bit and frustrating. Merry Christmas to you
1: both. <laughs> Merry thank Christmas, you. Dorothy. Thank, thank you. you, too. Now, Charlie, I have a, a question. This is going to sound very silly, but in the in the case of Dorothy, who sounds like she has a, a, a fairly small uh, garden to deal with, um, and mm. you suggested to put leaves on there, if you really wanted mm. to slow them down, could you like... On top of the leaves, could you put, like, you know, ice cubes or stuff like that to really kind of reduce the temperature? Could you defrost your freezer and put all that stuff on top? Would that help?
2: No. No. I mean, okay. it, it, like it, it wouldn't hurt them. It'll just cool them off. Temp- I mean, remember, this is all temporary, right? When yeah. we, the, you know, we can't get around the, like, the environment has a huge impact on nature. So all the flora, all the fauna is impacted. And, and there's it's too big for us to try and undo the environment, right? Unless you have a controlled environment, like a greenhouse, where you can control the temperature and control the light and control the atmosphere, that's fine. But as soon as you're outside, you are at the vagaries of what's going on. So sure, throw some ice cubes around, but they're going to melt. And then all you've done is watered your daffodils. (laughs) Right. Fair enough. Yes. Um, And
1: remember, like last week, I think we were working outside and, and I sent you pictures of, we were, we were looking at, this was on the 9th of December, and we were taking pictures of caterpillars outside on the yeah. grass. You know, like the, the it, little furry bears, fuzzy bears, and earthworms that were out, you know, on the 9th of December because it's just so mild.
2: Well, that's it, it's so mild. And, and I mean, earthworms typically go down when it gets cold enough, but my, my soil is not at all frozen i've got a very moist uh, situation in my gardens and on my lawn so um yeah it's funny they they're slowed right down the everything is moving slow whether it's a, a earthworm or a ladybug but they aren't truly out and dormant and asleep because it's too mild i know it's very confusing and frustrating well
1: we will have to uh, rewrite the frank Lester song to baby it's mild outside there you go. <laughs> okay. We have to take the next break, <laughs> but we'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, we are back here on the Garden Show, and
1: uh, we're going to go right to our next caller. There, uh, Charlie, we have Joanne on the line from the uh, wow, from the city that I passed through this morning early. We are going to Barrie. <laughs> Welcome to the Garden Show, Joanne.
5: Thank you. Um, I love your show, and um, I'm a
2: first time caller. Oh, you're a first yeah. time caller. First time home. Oh, oh home. and oh. I look
1: at that. Oh, wait, I got to get my You'll
2: bell. Get on look it. Get that. on it. Come I, I on, wake that up,
1: Dito. Here we are. <laughs> the bell. There we go, the bell yeah, for Joanne and Mary. Lovely.
6: That's
5: awesome. Um, I hope you can help me with this. It's um, not your normal question, but I back on to a massive forest. And um, it's beautiful, And but I don't own it, like my property line ends. Um, there was a huge dead tree just outside my property line that I had cut down in the fall and they they cut up the big pieces and made it into smaller chunks but I have a huge pile of branches that I need to deal with because they're really ugly now I am on my own and uh, when my husband passed away I got rid of all his tools those saws and all that stuff, so I don't have any of that. Um, Is there a tool? My friend told me that there was something, she called it a mini chainsaw. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's some kind of pruner, Mm -hmm. but I need a tool that is lightweight, Mm -hmm. compact, easy to handle, I don't know, is this something that
2: you know about well y- y- right, so so Joanne, so your intention is you want to cut up some of these bran- this big pile of branches and yeah. do what with them?
5: well, I, I just want to clean it up, and I mean, I always have branches that I have mm-hmm. to pick up, and so mm-hmm. I do have a pile that mm-hmm. I put them in that's mm-hmm. kind of back in the forest.
2: Not in my sight
5: line and right. it just decomposes and
2: you know, sure. oh, bran- way, right? oh, oh, yeah. And branches are an amazing source of wildlife shelter, yeah. so it's good if you do have them, you know, sort of piled just loosely so that lots of little critters can, can burrow inside and under and find homes in there through you know, inclement weather, definitely. Um. Yeah. Okay, so my my most favorite tool that's actually on my Christmas list this year, I hope Santa Claus is listening, is a battery-operated chainsaw. I'm just looking. I had some paperwork, and I'm not seeing it very quickly. Now, if there's a number of them out there. It depends what your budget is. They are not an inexpensive tool. Either you get yourself a pair of loppers. So loppers are are like a, very helpful. They're long handles. They're very useful for cutting anything that's... An inch to an inch and a half in diameter. As soon as you get over that, then you start needing a saw when it comes yeah. to cutting up yeah. stuff. And and a chainsaw is more I think than most of us want to handle on a daily basis. And yeah. to start working with a handsaw can be slow and hard on your shoulders. So that's where the little battery-operated chainsaws come in. And they're very good. For, and they'll do up to, you know, three, four, even a five-inch diameter. You just have to work your way through whatever you're cutting. Um, right. Price point is they start at about $400 and go up from there. Mm. But they are an amazing tool.
5: Okay. So it's a battery-operated chainsaw. And they're small?
2: Yeah, small and lightweight. So, so this is where... Not all of them, you know, this is where you have to do your research. Like I, uh, for example, I needed um, a new whipper snipper or, you know, string trimmer this past spring because my suburban sized one wasn't keeping up to my large property. And I started doing my research and I tell you the differences out there. Not only in prices, but in the weight of the of the tool, the weight hmm. and and the longevity of the battery, it's unbelievable some of the differences. Because obviously you want the longest battery, but then again, yeah. the bigger the battery, the heavier the tool, right? So exactly. and I can't do electric plug in stuff here because it's too, you know there's no way I'm running that much extension cord, and you'd be the exactly. same. You you know you're out in the far. Um, back of your property. If it's not too far from your house, you can consider something electric. And certainly that's much less expensive and lighter than battery operated tools. But um, but yeah, the difference is out Mm -hmm. there. So you start doing your research, you go out and you start touching and feeling these tools, feeling the weight Mm -hmm. of them or look in the specs at weight. Um, There's a company called Still, S-T-I-H-L. Not mm-hmm. the least expensive of the companies out there, but certainly one of the good quality, German-made um, g- group of tools that uh, I find very, very, very effective.
5: Right. Okay, that's awesome. Now, do you have any recommendations for any other tools I might need? I've got your basic stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I've got You need good pruners.
2: See. Make sure you've got good pruners, and you are able to sharpen them. Because when it comes, at the end of the day, all your tools are going to work better when they're sharp and clean. And of course, this is the time of year if we're not using them, we wash them and oil them and put them away. But the Um, sharp tools make life easier whether it's a sharp shovel or a sharp pruners or sharp trowels you know hand tools you know basic tools like you said I'm sure you have like a shovel I doubt you need something like a pickaxe so you can put that on the bottom of the list but you know there's always um, sort of basic tools that we all need and then depending on where our interest lies but you'll need some Good set of pruners and, and the hand tools that are required. You need a good kneeling pad, probably, uh, for getting down up and down. Um, yeah, there's lots of great stuff out there. It's more what your style of gardening is. Okay, well, Sweet. I
5: I appreciate the help on this chainsaw thing. I'm going to look into it because it sounds uh, like it's going to yeah, work Yeah, good
1: well. idea. And if you haven't oh. written your Christmas list already to Santa, you need to get on that, Joanne. <laughs> Exactly. I hope my dog is listening. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the call, <laughs> Joanne. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Jeez. Happy holidays. Um. Yeah. Oh, what was I going to I was going to say something about that. Oh, yeah, I was going to say it's unfortunate that you know most municipalities frown on dynamite sticks because she could just throw one in the pile and just boom, it'll be done in a second. <laughs> no.
2: Then idea. then all she'd, no, have, to is, little, she'd have to do is she'd just have to walk around the yard and there. pick
1: up all the sticks <laughs> after
2: that. Well it's interesting that she said this tree was dead and she said she took it down yeah. but I wonder if it was more like a, it's a conservation uh, authority took it down. And mm. and yeah, leaving dead stumps. Like, you know how they uh, in our front yards we tend yeah. to if we have a dead tree we take it down below lawn level yeah. and we want to make it disappear. But if you can leave a nice big, you know, 5 6 Ten foot tall Hmm. dead stump in your property. It is. It's just a godsend for birds and owls and And woodpeckers and 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 pines, because
1: over time it becomes bug and I mean the bugs like to live there too. And then the woodpeckers and the like they love those trees.
2: Exactly. Yeah, because as it starts to get to decompose, part of the decomposition is is created and caused by insects. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, very good. Good advice. Okay. Uh, Diane is in Dorchester. We're going to Diane now. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane.
7: Yes, good morning, Dean and Charlie, morning. and uh, Merry Christmas to yeah. you and your listeners. You as well. uh, my husband w- listens while I'm in the office with the door closed, so I don't get feedback, <laughs> and he had a good suggestion for that lady. Uh, oh. My son had one, and he bought it for us uh, because we had some tree roots that were lifting up um, into our garden and going underneath our sunroom, and they were very Mm. thick. It was a reciprocating Mm. saw. Mm. That Mm. would be more manageable, my husband said, for the lady. And it's Ryobi, uh, much more reasonably priced, and it is battery-operated. There you go.
2: Right. So but yeah, reciprocating question, saw. Is, the call the call cool thing about forward them is forward. they are lightweight for sure, and yeah. they can you can use them underground. Like you can go right down into the soil, and like you said, cut roots, et cetera. Uh, and you know you have to clean them up afterwards, but they are designed for very rough work. Um, yeah. Another name for a reciprocating saw, and it might even be a brand name, is sawzall. Sawzall, yeah. And it's yeah, you've probably heard oh, that term. Yeah. yeah, it's just a and nice and lightweight, like like uh, Diane saying. So good point. Yeah. Man.
7: Yes, but anyway, what I called in about is uh, the violets. My Mm -hmm. mom used to have violets, so my daughter thought, oh, because my mom passed on as a memory of her, she'd get me a violet, which I really didn't want. I don't have room for it. (laughs) But I've had it now for over a year, and then Mm -hmm. six months ago she gave me another one. This other one, it's really unusual. It's really tiny, and it's in like a little round pot, and it's translucent, so when I put the water down into it, it's the pot is inside, and then you put the water down through it, and then the water comes up through the roots. Mm. I, I do wait, and, and then the other one, though, it's in a plastic uh, uh, pot. I need, I really need to transplant it. It has become humongous, and uh, mm. it has not flowered. And I did hear you oh. say one time, let it go because... Um, they, uh, they like to be pot-bound, and then they'll start flowering. Yeah. Well, this one, this one has not flowered. But my dilemma is, should I put it back in a plastic pot, or should I put it in a clay pot? Hmm.
2: Normally, I don't think of African violets in clay pots. Um, I usually think of plastic pots with a saucer below, and then typically yeah. we will water violets from the saucer uh, so that we don't get the leaves wet and the crown is not kept soggy. Because um, African violets, well, we're talking about African violets here, um, they have a real thick stem um, and they don't want to be, they will rot if they are kept wet all the time. One of the ways I find I get, believe it or not, I think, I have an African violet. I bet you it's, gosh, 25 years old. Like, it's really old. And I've never transplanted it, I'm embarrassed to say. And it, it's it's gone over the side of the pot, down the side of the pot. It's like just the stupidest looking plant. I shouldn't say that, but it's it can't hear me. And um, it really, it's needed to be transplanted for 20 years. and But it keeps flowering. And it just, I find that I let it dry right down until the soil is, Not like a desert, but very dry to the touch. And then I just water enough to moisten the soil. So I might water it once every week or so with, uh, you know, five or six tablespoons of water. Not much because I don't want it to ever sit in water, but I do moisten it in between. But transplanting... Remember, if you put it into a bigger pot, you're going to get bigger plants. And um, that just kind of comes down to what it is you're looking for. Do you want more African violence or do you want to uh, keep it bonsai like I've been doing with mine? It's not you know a very what? large I'm plant. I'm going to take your but...
7: advice and I'm going to roll the dice. And I'm going to leave it in that <laughs> pot. But I did, like you've told the rest of the listeners, I did go out and buy one of those water meters. And I use yeah, it yeah. for that and the cactus. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you, I think that's uh, that's uh, an indoor person. I don't. I've never used it outside, but indoor, mm-hmm. everybody should have one of those. That's for sure. Okay, thank well, big, you and again, Merry Christmas! So much. And thank you. Thanks, Diane. For all the yeah. help you've always given me. Thank you very much. Yeah.
2: Bye. My pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, the water moisture meter or water meter, they are so great with big potted plants, Mm -hmm. you know, indoor. Because you can't, little like an African violet, you can feel the soil, you can feel the weight of the pot, and you can get used to what it feels like moist and dry. You know, feel it, water it, feel it again, like feel the weight. But, you know, you get into, like, a big, you know, fig tree or something, there's no way you're going to start picking up that tree to figure out what the moisture level is like down under the surface. And those moisture meters certainly give you lots of information six inches down.
1: So that's a nice little gift. And I think you indicated that they should be under $20 these days, roughly. Yeah, yeah, at the uh, most, yeah. Yeah, they'll fit in a small box a stocking. They're they're a great little gift for a gardener.
2: That's right. Perfect gift for a gardener. Speaking of gifts for gardeners, let me just... Uh, intervene quickly and remind everybody that uh, this weekend is the last weekend of the holiday market in Toronto at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Mm. So it's today and tomorrow. Uh, Toronto Botanical Gardens is many people have heard of Edwards Gardens. So it's that Leslie Lawrence corner open today from 10 to 4 and tomorrow, 10 to 4 free admission uh, all kinds of cool local vendors with all kinds of enviro gifts so really great if you're looking for somebody uh, on your list who who loves gardening Uh, free garden advice Um, there's an outdoor fire pit so you can enjoy the fire, you can uh get a snack, you can drop into the garden chats that the Toronto Master Gardeners are offering. So lots going on at the Toronto Botanical Gardens today and tomorrow. There you go. See, Joanne should have taken all that wood down to that fire pit there and then
1: got rid yeah. of it that way. That <laughs> would perfect a trip. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh we're going to Buffalo now. We have Kathy on the line and I think that Kathy might have a very seasonal question. Welcome to the garden show, Kathy. Mm. Hello, I'm not a first time caller, Um, but
6: I wanted, good morning to you both. I wanted to know about mistletoe. If I go and I buy a piece of the live mistletoe, (laughs) Mm -hmm. is there a way I can turn it into a plant?
2: Oh, I don't think you'd want to. You know Badly? why? Um, mistletoe is actually a parasitic plant. It is a plant that grows on top of other plants and sucks the juices out of them. Wow! <laughs> I had no idea. Just
1: yeah, to all the romance of it, mistletoe right out the window. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I thought I heard they originally got it from oak trees. Somehow yeah. it grows on maybe on the bark up there or something. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Huh. Yeah, exactly, and that's exact, and it's sucking the life out of the oak tree. (laughs) So sorry, I'm I'm being so blunt there, but uh, it is a sign of love and peace. In the Norse culture, that's where that comes from. Uh, It's got to do with a goddess and her son and and an arrow made of mistletoe. So, of course, the arrow killed him, but uh, she vowed that mistletoe would kiss anyone who passed beneath it as long as it was never again used as a weapon. So mistletoe is the the sign of love and peace and kissing, but um, growing it, I don't think you would want to. Oh, really? (laughs) Mm-hmm. So
6: you don't know of anybody who's ever made a mistletoe plant?
2: No, I don't, but I can certainly look, look into it a little more. I've never known, and I've certainly seen mistletoe for sale, and it's always just little sprigs, like you say, yeah. you know, and it's fresh cut and it's in a little box or bag or whatever. And yeah, why? And growing it. Well, leave that with me and I will um, see if I can find out if miss Now there's different kinds of mistletoe, so it could be that we could find a plant that's not quite as, Parasitic, as as the one we're thinking of, but uh, uh, yeah, I'll I'll get back to you on that one. And also
6: with the mistletoe, if you buy a small piece of it, is do you have to do anything
2: for it to make it last? Well, it is just a little cutting of a plant, so when you get it, it's probably pretty dried up. But if it's not, I mean, you could cut the 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 blunt end where it was cut. So, freshen up that cut and put it into a little, little glass of water. You never know if, if, depending on the piece you have and whether there's any nodes to go under the water, you could probably root it. Um, it's, it wouldn't be impossible to grow it if you wanted to, but you need a pretty good sized piece and hopefully it's as fresh as possible.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, well, Kathy. And uh yeah, yeah, and, and you know, we'll have to come
2: up with an episode of propagating parasitic plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or we could do carnivorous plants. That's always a, a fun one too, right? Yeah, You know, the fly traps, the the, oh, the plants yeah. that eat spiders and you know, eat
1: whatever. Eat that was ants. A, that was a huge thing in the nineteen seventies. <laughs> you they had everybody had a yeah. Venus fly trap, right? And you just exactly. would sit there and watch and wait. You try and get flies <laughs> and into go, the house. You know? <laughs>
2: That's right. You go to the store, you get some hamburger and try feeding it to the yeah. plant, which, of course, never worked. But, no. you know, you did it because you wanted to see if it would work. Yeah. yeah fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, The Little Shop of Horrors, the movie, I think mm-hmm. that's what kind of got everybody going on the idea of, of yes. plants being, you know, sentient and uh, wanting to get involved in our day. Indeed. Okie dokie. Well, we, um, I'm
1: going to give the numbers out again. We have uh, some room on the line, 416 740 That's the Toronto number. Or if you live outside Toronto, anywhere in the province of Ontario, this is a toll-free number, 1-866-740-4740. And we will be right back with much more of The Garden Show.
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show. And Charlie, i got to tell you, the
1: lines are actually, in the last handful of minutes, have become very, very busy.
2: It's great. I love yeah.
1: it. and so we're going to go right to our next caller. We have Barb in Aiden. Uh, welcome to The Garden Show, Barb.
4: Oh hi, good morning, Charlie. And um, I was just wondering, is it too late to um, um, do a fall fertilizer
2: uh, outside on your lawn? Yeah,
4: um, on the lawn. Yeah.
2: No, actually, it's not because it's so mild. Uh-huh. So yeah, no. You you def- if you can get a hold of uh, it's like a turf winterizing fertilizer, you could definitely put it out right now. <laughs> the lawns are moist which is perfect, Uh, we're above zero, which is perfect. Now you're not, basically when you do a fall fertilizing or a winterizing fertilizing on the lawn, you're doing it with the intention of it um, supporting the lawn through the winter and being good to go next spring. So that's why doing it now is fine. If we had a foot of snow on the ground, I would say no.
4: (laughs) Yeah, okay, and what numbers was that then, the fall one?
2: Well, I think um, you'll ha- I'll have to report back on that. They've changed the numbers. <laughs> they used oh. to be high last number. Well, don't even worry about the numbers. Just look for, it'll say right on the label, winterizer or mm-hmm. fall. Um, it's usually a low, used to be a low first number, and then a medium-sized second number, and then a high third number. But now it's the other way around. It tends to be more like a sixteen zero sixteen. So it's completely not what, you, what I expected. But they, they have done more research into how lawns and the grass, like the, the turf grasses, how they get through the winter. And so that you will see it's usually a very low middle number now, but high on either end.
1: And we can do an update on, at the end of the show for that, right, Charlie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah. Thank so you so thanks much. Thanks for the call there, Barb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I barbecued yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, I barbecued all winter anyway. But uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, beautiful i know i was sitting outside reading a book it was beautiful
1: crazy (laughs) crazy okay we have jonah on the line calling from niagara welcome to the garden show jonah and jonah it says here that you are a first time caller yes Hmm. i am okay well there we go garden wings for jonah there you go
3: okay what do you got for charlie Well, I don't have a question. The lady with the uh, tree and the Mm -hmm. branches and whatnot. Yeah,
1: Joanne and Barry. A few
3: years ago, I had to have a tree taken down. Uh, The the crew that did it disappeared. They were going to come back in the spring and remove all the heavy stuff. Well, Mm -hmm. they didn't come back, and I couldn't find them. So I put an ad on Kijiji, free firewood. Within an hour, I had about six or seven
1: uh, mm. acres. That's actually a really Brilliant. good question, or the really good they, comment. Yeah,
3: a couple of people came in and they cleaned it up, yep. and uh, I had no problems at all. Wow,
2: really good. good, really good suggestion. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: I like I, it. I hadn't thought of that, but that's that's actually very true, Jonah. People, there are people out there who would come down in a heartbeat, and rather than pay for it, they would come down with a truck and just load it all in.
2: That's right, and cl- and clean up your mess.
3: Yeah. And they cleaned up my mess. In fact, they did a great job
2: in
1: cleaning up the uh, the garden.
2: Wow. Oh, sweet. Well, there you go. Oh, I like it. I like it. I, like it. I, I hope love doing so much. Still listening. I'm
1: going to give you the chimes again, because I thought it was great. <laughs> just for that, <laughs> double chimes, double wings. <laughs> there you go. I yeah. love that. Okay.
3: Anyway, it just it might help her out.
1: No, it's great. Thank <laughs> sure. you so much, right. Jonah. Thank Thanks for you. calling.
3: Merry, Merry Christmas. Uh, love it. Merry Christmas.
1: Okay, let's go. Uh, we're going to go to Nancy now. Nancy is in Mississauga. Oh, Nancy's a first-time caller as well. How are you, Nancy? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. There you garden wings.
6: Oh, thank you so much. I was waiting for that. There you go. You earned them.
1: <laughs> okay, what do you got?
6: Uh, well, I have bugs in my house plants. I guess they're soil uh, nests or something. Oh, yeah. of the sorts, fungus nests. I can't get rid of them. I've tried cinnamon.
2: I've tried vinegar. I've tried no. nematodes. What do you have for me? <laughs> I yell at them. And they, I just scream at them, and I hope that they leave These them. are indoor plants we're talking about, right? Indoor plants. Yeah. Okay, so don't do vinegar because that's very hard on the plants. Um, okay. Uh, okay, so this is what's going on. They look like fruit flies. They're flying around. They're very bothersome. They go up your nose. Everybody hates them. So exactly. that what is flying around are the adults. Before they become adults and fly with wings, they are... Um, because they they go through a metamorphosis. They start as a little larva or a little tiny caterpillar, so small you can barely see them. But they're in your soil, little white, little tiny white worms, basically, and they are eating fungus in your soil in your pots. So what do you do? You have to cut back on your watering, which will lower the incidence of fungus. So less water, less fungus, fewer fungus gnats. Uh, the larva, and then if they do manage to make it up to adulthood, this whole thing only takes a couple of days, then they start flying around. That's where we use something called sticky sticks, so sticky and then S-T-I-X, pick them up at any garden center or home store, and they are bright yellow, like a fly paper sort of idea. And these flying insects are attracted to the yellow stickiness and they fly into it. They cannot get off the sticky paper. They cannot lay eggs. And again, we lower the population of fungus gnats by uh, lowering the amount of fungus and and wiping out the, the adults from actually laying eggs. It might take a few weeks, but you can get rid of them.
6: Well, okay. I did use the sticky uh,
2: strips. I have those. I put them in all the mm. pots, and they're just covered yeah. in those bugs. Yeah, exactly. They're working. <laughs> so get get putting fresh ones out. If they're covered, you want the you want them to keep going. So. You obviously have a large population when you've got them covered. So freshen your yellow stickiness and cut back on your watering. Try watering thoroughly when you water, but not watering as often. So what the idea there is to not keep the soil constantly moist. Okay. 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 All right.
1: Thanks, Nancy. Thank you very much. Yeah, and thanks. And don't be a stranger. Make sure you call again. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we have to take our last break. We will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils
3: and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet willedums.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, yes, indeed. We are back here on The Garden Show, and
1: because we have just so many callers today, we're going to get right to it. We've got Elizabeth calling from North York. Welcome to The Garden Show, Elizabeth. Thank you. And I see uh, that you are a first-time caller. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. There we go. My goodness, the bells are ringing this morning.
6: They sure
1: are. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what do you got there, Elizabeth?
6: Uh, it's a pink uh, cal- cal- di- di- uh diva or diva. Uh, I wanted to uh, find out how to uh, get it to bloom again. I've had it uh, over a year and uh, I-, I took a cutting and it's a- it's nice and green but no blooms.
2: Right. So diva is um related to Calancho, and we do love them they are really really showy when they're blooming yeah and so when you bought it it was flowering and was that last spring uh it was january uh
6: 2022.
2: okay so like last winter lots of blooms and then you enjoyed the blooms all through the spring and summer and now it's just a green plant
6: Well, I I took a cutting off because the the main one died, so I I took a cutting and I got it to re-root, and it's really, the leaves are beautiful on it, uh, and it's about four or five inches uh, tall.
2: Wow. Right. Yeah, and they're shiny, and um, and they are a form of a succulent. So remember, those leaves are thick and leathery and shiny, and you can feel they they've um, they they hold moisture inside the leaf. They they are evolved to do that, kind of like a jade plant, right? With the thicker leaves. So That's a couple of things to remember here. One is let it dry thoroughly between waterings. Yeah. So we just let them dry right down, and then water thoroughly. They want bright light but in order to get them to set flowers you're going to have to give them some cooler temperatures okay okay so that's gonna it's regular room temperature like house temperature will keep them green and happy but in terms of setting buds not so much um, yeah you know, some there is some talk about putting them into a, a dark, Closet for 14 hours a day, which will sometimes force flowers, which is probably what the growers do when you buy them in January, February. They have been put into a dark situation for 14 to 16 hours a day, and then bright light in between, um, or bright, you know, indirect light. So you know, if you want to try and put that on your schedule, of take the plant, stick it in the closet before you go to bed every night, and then pull it out 14 hours later, let it sit out on the windowsill all day and then back into the closet that might just cause the the setting of buds but it will take a couple of weeks for that to happen and of course keep the watering um, just as required only water when dry
6: and what about any fertilizer of any kind
2: not until the buds are set so for oh. now, it's just green leaves, no fertilizer, um, like rarely water, uh, cooler temperatures, that dark treatment. Once you got buds set, and you'll see the buds, there'll be little round flower buds on the tips of the plant. And by that time, it'll be January, February. Then you can start fertilizing.
1: Okay. And you make sure that you call us back and give us an update. Okay, Elizabeth?
2: And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Like that what? miracle grow would be all right to use. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but not until you've got
1: flower buds. Okay, thanks very much. We are going to go now to, uh, we have another first-time caller on the line. We've got Leo on the line, and it says you're calling from Utah. Is that right, Leo? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm Call- calling from Ogden, Utah. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, I'm going to wow. give you, there you go. You've got the garden wings as well. Thank you for being a first-time well, caller.
3: Welcome to the awesome, show. Awesome,
1: awesome. Yeah. What
3: yeah, do you got? Yeah. So, So I've got a, a cat indoor plant problem. <laughs> And mm-hmm. and I've had it for a year, uh, and so anyway, the cat likes to eat my plants, and mm-hmm. um, so I tried to go to PetSmart and buy this thing called Petlinks. It's a scratch deterrent. They told me it works, and all mm-hmm. all I had to do was spray it on the plants, and mm-hmm. it's, it's bad enough that I've already got a brown thumb. But <laughs> <laughs> you're killing them with sprays. I, I, I killed my I killed three of my plants. So uh, and and I love uh, the spider plant, and that is yeah. kind of withered. And I yeah. have a string of hearts plant,
0: mm. and
3: I killed that one for sure. So, sure. do you have any recommendations, Charlie?
1: Other than Charlie, I got the I got to jump in here, Charlie. Leo, <laughs> get a dog and tie it to the table that has the plants on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, great. Thanks for that. Like I said. Okay, so Dean, shush. We only have a minute left. So let me just quickly say, Leo, you know what? You, If your cat is loving your plants, and we don't really know why cats do this, we're not sure if they think they need some of the vitamins that are in the, the vegetation, which seems odd because cats are carnivorous. So why they're going after, you know, salad, nobody can figure that out. But we do know that cats will often do that, particularly in the winter, though, they'll, they'll go after your house plants it's really really good for their their digestion it helps them if they have hairballs it helps pass the hairballs and of course outdoor cats will often um, nip and and um, nibble on our turf grasses so it's not that unusual for a cat to to go after your grass what i do when my cat starts looking longingly at my house plants is i grow something called cat grass For the cat. So, cat grass is oats. It's nothing fancy. You get, and you again, at your pet smart, you can buy a little kit. It says cat grass, follow the instructions, grow up this grass, put it down at ground level where the kitty cat hangs out and let the cat nibble on the grass and make a mess and roll in it and do whatever it wants to do. And you'll find that that is a much preferred. Spider plants aren't that tasty and they actually can be poisonous. Whereas cat grass is very tasty. It's like wheat grass, right? It's the same, you know, that yummy green, you know, sort of fresh uh, flavor. So yes, cats do love cat grass. That's my suggestion. Thanks for calling okay. Leo. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. Call us yes, again Sam, soon. And we have again. to go. It's, we've run out of time. Thank you, Dean. Good luck Thank in you. Hamilton. I know you're on your way. Yeah. Um, you know, Best wishes to your your ailing grandpa. And thank you, you, Ashley. You couldn't do any of this without your great help. Great calls this week. See you all again next week. Just just poised before the big Christmas event.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.